Amen. Thank you, platform musicians. Amen. Praise God. How many know today's been exciting? Can you say amen? Amen. A wonderful, amen, uh, service this morning by our pastor, powerful message. Uh, got a baptism, amen. Uh, afterwards, amen. Had special music this morning. How many know we're on a roll in the potter's house? Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 14, verse 22 through 26. And how many know today is Resurrection Sunday? Can you say amen? You know, the day uh, our Lord and Jesus, amen, uh, rose from the grave and there's an empty tomb. And how many know without that, you know, this happening, how many know uh, everything's in vain? Everything's in vain uh, if God did not resurrect that. Uh, and so without further ado, I think it's only right to do some special music. Because how many know he has been born and raised? Can you say amen? Amen. Go ahead and turn it up, Ray. You know how I like it. Turn it all the way up. Let's go. Put your hands together, church. Uh. Check it. Come on. Uh, now Mary had a little lamb born in a town called Bethlehem. They didn't understand him, but he gave his life as a ransom. Now because in here we're born again, no longer a slave to sin. There's only one who rose the dead. His name not been in here. He rose up on the third day. More than just a holiday. This the same day that he took the sting of death away. Resurrection Sunday, the day he died for you and I. He paved the way so that we can meet him in the sky. He could have came off the cross and broke them boys off. Showed them who was born. But humanity would have been lost And so he took the beard man and did what he did Because of this he adopted us as his kids Now he the head priest that set the captives free Death was swallowed up and now it has no victory They betrayed the son of man Yeah, it's all dealer They did them dead wrong like them used car dealers But please be at ease Now God, he got the keys He went straight to hell and put the devil to his knees All my saints up in this place Get them hands raised Shout hallelujah now Cause my God conquered the grave He was born and raised Come on Come on And rose on the He was Yep, yep, yeah, my God conquered the grave. He was born and raised. Come on, come on, and rose on the third day. He was born and raised, born and raised, born and raised, and rose on the third day. He was, come on, new boy, new, you know it, and rose on the, he was, come on, come on. And rose on, I can't hear you. Come on. Come on. And rose on the, he was, yeah. Come on. Check it. So Jesus Christ came so we can have eternal life. But first you must repent and remove that sin about your life. For in Adam we all died. So in Christ we are alive. I told you right now my God got more than nine lives. He looked up to the Father and he told him it was finished, man. Then the veil split. So you know that he meant business, bro. Then he appeared to more than 500 witnesses. I only can imagine how many men came to repentance. The angel descended from heaven. His clothes were white as snow. He had the power to God to Roll the stone back from the door. Told Mary, Herb, and Gold. Tell the disciples Jesus rose. And tell them, man, to meet me at the Sea of Galileo. Get ready. Stand fast, cause we living in the last days. When the trumpet sound off, are you gonna be saved? The moral of this song. My God conquered the grave is going to take more than coming to church. Man, on Easter day, cause he was. 
Come on. Come on. And rose on her. He was. Come on. Come on. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Come on. And rose on the third day. He was. Come on. Yeah. And rose on the third day. Jesus Christ. He got the power to raise a life. Resurrection power. He can change your life. Things dead in your life. He can bring it back to life. Things dead up in your life. He can bring it back to life. Ain't got no heart for winning souls. He can resurrect that don't read your Bible no more. He can resurrect that don't go to outreach no more. He can resurrect that. What? What? Ain't got no heart for saving souls. In your marriage on ice. Finances running low, he can, what, what, why, cause he was born and raised, come on, come on, and rose on the, he was, what, come on, amen, y'all give it up for Jesus, Test, test, test. Figure I come out retirement tonight, today. You know, come out a little retirement or something. You know, it's only, it's only right, right? Resurrection Sunday, amen. Praise God, that was fun. Who give me a breath, man? I am 43. I wrote that song in 2008. On a Saturday in one hour, right before Resurrection Sunday of Easter. Felt compelled to do that, and so... Uh, uh, song special. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's get down to business. Can you say amen? amen. Mark 14, 22 through 26. Again, it's an awesome presence of God. And how many know God is resurrected? Can you say amen? amen. He has conquered the grave. Amen. It's not just a song with a catchy beat, but amen. He went down to hell. He took the keys of death from Satan. And because of that, we have eternal life. Death has no sting and no victory. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Mark 14, 22 through 26. Hallelujah. Uh, most people understand that the really important things in life are not really things at all. And that the reality is that the important things in life are truly the relationships that we have with people. How many know God has put a desire for relationship in every one of us? A desire uh, he intended to be met with relationship with other people, but most of all, to be met by a relationship uh, with him. And with that said, how many know having an established prayer life leads to more relationship with God? Can you say amen? Tonight, church, I want to continue on in our series that we started last Sunday night, returning back to biblical prayer. And I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, The Essence of Communion tonight. The Essence of Communion. See, for many of us, we have come to know communion as being an event that we participate in on Resurrection Day. But communion tonight is more than an event, but it's simply spending time with God, which is prayer. Can you say amen? In our scripture, it says, and as they were eating, 
Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it, it new in the kingdom of God. And when they have sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Let us pray, church. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, God. God, we count it a privilege, God, to be here, God, on Resurrection Sunday. But, God, let us understand and know, God, the essence of communion, God, what it all uh, entails, God, this, this evening. God, I ask you to help us, uh, help us to return back to biblical prayer, God. We ask all these things uh, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ uh, and all God's people said, amen. First, I'm going to look at prayer is communion with God. In our text, uh, this text is uh, taking place there in Mark uh, chapter 14. We know this uh, uh, subtitle to be the Lord's Supper. And what's going on, you know, as Pastor mentioned earlier, they're there uh, for the significant day in Jerusalem where, where they celebrate uh, the Passover. We know the story, uh, you know, the Israelites there, um, you know, in Egypt had to put blood uh, over the doorpost to protect them from the death angel. And now uh, Jesus and his disciples some years later are there and they're having a supper. And the Bible says they're there, they're talking, uh, and a, f a few things happen there. Jesus began to talk uh, to them about pr preparation and various different things. Um, God begins to foreshadow uh, betrayal between disciples. Uh, they're questioning, uh, you know, uh, is it I, etc. Then the Bible says that, you know, uh, they begin, uh, you know, he begins to talk uh, about, you know, doing something uh, in uh, uh, remember something. We know this as communion. Uh, we just did it uh, this morning. But, you know, what's significant about this is that, uh, you know, you begin to think about what's taking place in this Last Supper. And how many know in reality it was having communion with God? See, by definition tonight, communion uh, by definition, is the sharing, listen to this, it is the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when exchanged uh, in on a mental or spiritual level. In other words, what this means is, is that uh, communion is simply uh, intimate thoughts and feelings being shared. How many know this is biblical prayer? That when we Get a hold of God that we're praying, we're sharing thoughts, we're sharing our feelings with God. We're in communion, fellowship with God. This is what it means uh, to be in communion with God. It's about uh, being in relationship with our Father. Communion is being in touch with God uh, throughout your day, uh, talking and fellowshipping with God uh, when nothing's going on. How many know what I'm talking about? That's fellowship. When you're, when you're just talking to God, you're communion, uh, you know, uh, nothing's going on. There is no necessary needs. Uh, you're just in communion with God. That's what communion means, church. See, I know we've grown accustomed uh, to understand communion as, you know, what we took place uh, in the order. And, it's, and it is that. But it's also, by definition, uh, it's the sharing of thoughts uh, of intimacy with God. That is what communion means. How many know that the Lord's Supper and Jesus having a dinner with his disciples right before he was getting ready to go to the cross? How many know it was about, also about his relationship 
with them. See, the Lord's Supper was more than just uh, making preparation for them to eat uh, and to celebrate the Passover. It was more than them just sharing a meal. It was more than Jesus uh, foreshadowing himself being portrayed by both Judas and Peter. It was more than Jesus uh, and his disciples uh, eating bread and drinking wine in remembrance to him. But it was also about relationship, church. Verse 24 in our text Jesus said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, uh, which is shed for many. How many know what Jesus is making the point that my blood uh, will be shed for many? How many know that speaks about a relationship? The fact that this was done here and and God told his disciples, how many know uh, because of that same blood that he quoted to his disciples, uh, you and I are now saved. It's about personal relationship. In verse 25 of our text, Jesus says, "Uh, surely I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you again in the kingdom of God. See, Jesus uh, looked forward to a future celebration of the Passover in heaven with his disciples. See, that's communion, church. That's prayer. And see, how many know when we're in prayer with God, it is here where we are in communion with God. Are you following me? This is exactly what Jesus was doing with his disciples. He was sharing his feelings and intimate thoughts. Uh, this is what prayer is. Come on, somebody. We see it being about relationship even among the disciples. Uh, Jesus began to inform one of them uh, that one would betray uh, 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 him and even the character of the disciples. Uh, how many know they didn't even uh, expect one another? They begin to say, Jesus, is it I? Is it I? That spoke to a relationship that they weren't trying to throw their brother, uh, 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 you know, oh, it got to be Peter, it got to be John. Uh, they were concerned about their relationship with God. Communion. Is it I, God? Is it I that's going to betray you? See, communion is about relationship with God. How many know prayer is about our relationship with God? That's communion. Can you say relationship, church? See, what this meant, church, Again, uh, neither one of them considered themselves because they're, uh, you know, they, they considered themselves because how I many know their relationship with God meant something? This communion meant something. Uh, them sharing all these intimate thoughts and feelings with Jesus uh, over this three and a half years uh, meant something. And see, that's what it, uh, that's what makes communal or our communion prayer so pivotal in our lives because it involves a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, it is important to understand, church, that prayer. Tonight, it's not just merely uh, asking for things. Prayer is not, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, us coming to God with all of our desires and provision and, and helps in times and trouble. Yes, that is part of, prayer, part of prayer, but first and foremost, fellowship with our creator. Can you say amen? Communion. How many know sometimes, you know, it, you know, when you're in fellowship, real fellowship with God, how many know your prayer life uh, doesn't always consist of just being needy all the time? I remember, I just remember times just, I can just be riding down the street uh, doing something uh, at the house, and I'm simply talking loud, out, out loud to God. Fellowship, that's communion. Just sharing thoughts with God. Uh, you know, just tell him how thankful I am of him. Uh, you know, various different things. Just having real conversations. Fellowship, communion. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, God, can I have this? Uh, God, you see this need. Uh, the Bible says he already know before we ask. 
I have a, a my wife Terry, her her nephew. Uh, she had to instill this principle into him. You know, it's, uh, his, it's her oldest nephew, and uh, you know, from time to time he'll call her, and he's gotten better at this. But back in the day, he would call. He was like, "Hey, Auntie," uh, and you know, and right after Auntie, like, Auntie, can I get twenty dollars? Auntie, auntie can, auntie, can you send me this? And, 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 and Terry, she would say, hey, well, listen, hey, you know, hello first. Hi. You miss your auntie? I ain't seen you in a while. You know. And, you know, he's gotten a whole lot better. And ever since she checked him on that, it's, hey, auntie, with no asking for no money. And it's genuine. It's genuine now. And she had to steal it. Listen, it ain't about that. How many of us the same thing with God? What my wife was essentially saying, hey, I desire some fellowship, some sharing of thoughts. Tell me how you're doing in school. He's a good basketball player. Tell me what's happening as I begin to exchange and let you know what's going on in my life. That's the type of prayer we also have to consider when we consider communion prayer, where we're just in fellowship, where we're just talking to God. Where we just getting the whole of God. See, prayer is communion with God, not just an asking party. Jesus and the disciples was in communion with each other. And this is what prayer is, church, a communion with God. One man described communion this way. Uh, uh, he said, communion is the glorious fellowship with God that fulfills the purpose of our existence. In other words, because we have a prayer life, uh, there's a relationship there. And because there is intimacy with God, uh, we know and understand that purpose. We know and understand uh, that purpose now. See, at its core, church, communion is fellowshipping with God. Or better said, it's spending intimate time with our Lord and Savior. Can you say amen? How many love spending intimate time with God? Amen. Especially when you got a cup of coffee, right? Ooh, it's the best fellowship. God knows, He knows what we, you know, He knows that goes hand in hand. He knows. He knows. Gonna be folders in heaven, I promise you. But see, listen. Jesus understood even himself. How I many know Jesus would go to a desolate place to pray and spend time with God? Mark 135 says, now in the morning. Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed uh, in a solitary place, uh, and he prayed. Uh, he fellowship with God. Uh, how many know this is a scripture that back up morning prayer? If anybody wants any pushback, say Jesus got up in the morning. Not just in the middle of the day, not just in the evening, but in the morning uh, to a, a place where he got a hold of God, where he fellowship, where he wanted to be in communion with God. See, again, communion is more than just an event, but it's a lifestyle. And see, prayer must be more than something we know to do or that we do, uh, but we have to look at it. It's about relationship with God. Again, like his definition, uh, communion is sharing and exchanging the intimate thoughts and feelings with God. How many know God from always from the beginning, God desired a relationship? In 1 John 1, uh, 1 through 4, we see uh, uh, John begin to uh, elaborate or, or, or begin to expound on how God desired a relationship. It says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. 
that life was manifested and we seen and bear witness. And I declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us uh, and that which we have seen and heard and declared to you. Uh, what they're saying is this. We're a firsthand witness in this relationship with God. That the eternal God was manifested to us. And listen, uh, we're here, uh, you know, uh, talking to him about you. How I many know it's always been about God desiring to have a relationship with us? John is reminding the first century church uh, what they have witnessed, uh, that Jesus was both seen and heard. Uh, and John declared that we heard him, we saw him, we studied him, we touched him. In other words, they were explaining and talking about their relationship with God. How I many know prayer is relationship? With God. We must understand that God desires a relationship with us. And if God desires a relationship with us, then how many know prayer says that we desire a relationship with him? God desires a relationship with us. But the question is, uh, do we desire a relationship with God? Well, prayer backs that up. Communion prayer backs that up. A fellowship, a relationship with God backs that. You want that the same relationship that God Desires with us, his children. How many know we are called? We are called to be in a relationship with God, church. One man said, God establishing prayer and man actually praying is God's way of extending an invitation to a relationship with him. See, it is through paper, uh, parameter over through prayer that one began a relationship with God. How many know before a person gets saved, that ain't no, there's never been no genuine relationship with God? People think they have a relationship with God. People that went to church on Easter Sunday that, that, that ain't going to go to nobody's church next Sunday think they got a relationship with God. Come on now. There's people that they went to church today that won't be back in church the next Sunday. Now, I mean, next Easter. But see, how many know, again, it was through prayer, it was through a prayer of repentance that brought about our initial relationship with God. And how many know it's going to be through prayer and continued prayer life if we're going to continue to have a relationship with God? That is communion. Prayer initiated our relationship with God, and prayer has to continue if we plan to have a relationship with God in intimacy. Which brings me to my second point, neglecting communion. See, there's a crisis that people face and that have lacked communion with, and lacked communion with God tonight. I mean, many times communion or, or prayer with God becomes neglected or lack in a person's life when we become too busy. When we become too busy. Now listen, church, here's the spin, here's the curveball. I'm not talking about the busyness from our, our corner affairs, you know, just like working all the time. And, you know, you know, people got excuses. I'm so busy. I can't come to church. No, no, no. I'm talking about being busy in the kingdom of God. Now, watch this. I'm talking about that it is possible that we can be neglecting communion, uh, true prayer time, uh, even being busy in the kingdom of God. I'm about to put Martha back on the hot seat. You know, Martha always get the, you know, a, a bad rep from preachers. I, you know, I, I spared her a couple of times. Cause, I mean, you got to feel Martha, right? To some degree, the human element, you're like, she needed some help. 
She needed some help. Luke 10, 38, uh, 42 says, And as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? You can see Mary just smiling, just not paying her no attention when she said that. Like, girl, Jesus is here. Bye. <laughs> we about to get to that. Tell her to help me, Lord. Martha, Martha. Listen to what God says. Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. But Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away from her. See, Martha's church was indeed busy in the things of God. She was busy. She had a fellowship. Uh, you know, there ain't just anybody coming into your house. This is your Lord and Savior coming in your living room. You can see her like, oh, well, we got to get this, uh, you know. And so here's, she's busy in the kingdom of God. Yet, yet, church, here she is. She's so busy, yet she didn't have enough time at the moment. To commune with God. See, this describes a lot of people today. See, it is possible that you and I could be so busy, so busy doing great things in the kingdom of God, yet you still neglect communion prayer. Still neglect a time that's needed to be with God. People that are too busy doing God's work, yet like Martha, they become too busy and neglect the precious moments to commune with God. How many know why at this point God's in the house? Everything has to stop at this point. Everything has to stop. Uh, you know, uh, you, again, on one element, you can see Martha like in her frustration. Uh, but here's Mary. Uh, she gets it. She understands that, listen, uh, although uh, it's important that I work in the ministry, although it's important that I'm involved in that, I cannot neglect uh, the precious moments to have fellowship and intimacy with God. See, what's happening is sometimes we can get caught up in because we're doing things for the Lord in our own mind. And you wonder why personally you suffer in your life. But you're busy. You help everybody. You're serving, etc. Listen, don't lose that. Uh, but the point here is uh, Martha at the time did what Mary did both. Mary understood service uh, and she understood prayer. And hey, I need this. I need this. I, I understand this. See, there are those that spend more fellowship and time and prayer with God than others, although they are both serving God and doing the same thing. Now, there are folks, uh, perhaps here, we go to the same place. We come to the same church. Uh, there are people here, we're both, uh, we're all involved in ministry. We they both serve, uh, we both uh, evangelize, uh, we give, uh, yet when it comes to communion and having a prayer life with God, there are those that have more communion with God than others because others have become too busy doing the work of God. It has to be a balance. Again, this word communion is about sharing intimate thoughts and fellowship with God. How I many know you can't become so, because what happens is we can get blinded by the things that we're doing in the kingdom and not see that, man, I'm really not praying, praying and getting a hold of God like I should. 
I'm really not getting up uh, in the morning, uh, you know, uh, especially us men coming down in the house of God, uh, laying a hold of God, uh, because guess what? Been busy. We had a long weekend, Pastor. We've been doing this at the church and this, etc. And I've been here and I've been doing. That's exactly what the scripture is talking about. They were busy getting ready for a fellowship, but when it came to the time to have communion with God, Martha was so busy that she missed this. And Jesus told her that she missed it. Listen, we can't miss it, church. There has to be a balanced church. That we, we cannot become uh, so busy doing the work of God that we become inflexible that we don't commune with God, church. So busy with things in the kingdom uh, that prayer and communion with God gets neglected. See, although Mary was busy just like Martha, uh, you know, was, uh, she was still able to switch gears and have communion with God. I was talking to a friend of mine, a pastor in our fellowship, and he was talking about, you know, uh, uh, what had happened at his church, and I guess it was during the altar call. You know how it is, uh, you know, at altar call after the service, uh, uh, those on the platform ministry come up, the song service leader gets up, uh, and, you know, the drummer and the person who does the guitar and get ready. He said, well, you know, at one of the services, uh, I believe, I don't know if it's the drummer or whoever, uh, they're getting ready to, you know, continue on service, uh, but the, the person had a heavy presence of God and was at the altar. And he said, you know, most pastors would have been like, hey, brother, you know, we got to get ready for the drums. <laughs> Come on, brother, I know. But what he said is, you know, God dealt with him and checked him. Like, don't you dare interfere with communion. That this person understood that ministry for a moment got to take a pause break. And that God possibly was dealing with, uh, you know, this particular person. Did they need to go to the altar now, not later. And I'm like, man, you know, we begin to talk about that. And, and you know, how many know um, this is what I'm talking about when I mean communion, like in real fellowship with God? That ain't ministry or various different things in time uh, that begins to take this place. Uh, that person felt the need to hit the altar now. Who's going to get away with that? What you going to step in front of that? Again, I'm not talking about a pattern. I'm just talking about here's the situation where this pastor looked and said, you know what? Hey, next man up. <laughs> Who else playing drums in here? This man's laying hold, getting hold of God. I can almost bet, listen, that this man, that there was, there was a deeper prayer life in this man that, hey, communion, relationship. I need to get a hold of God now. You know, in the book of Power of Prayer, written by author E.M. E. Bounds, he said uh, uh, to, to be too busy with God's work to commune with him or to be too busy with doing church work without taking time uh, to talk to God is a highway to backsliding. See, church, we must be careful, amen, that there's a balance there. Because how many know when we neglect communal, communal prayer or, or, or communion prayer, our spiritual health is affected in a negative way? You know, one way it's effective, it's ineffective is, is because our relationship and connection with God become compromised. Remember, communion is time spent with God in prayer. And how many know when there is no communion in prayer with God, uh, that equals uh, no connection with God? See, this is what happens when prayer is neglected. And see, the reality is uh, if you're not uh, uh, connected uh, or in communion with God uh, through prayer, then you're connected to something else. 
If we're not in communion and speaking with God, then there's someone else that's getting our time. There's someone else that's getting our conversation. How I many know this concept goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve? The Bible says they're in fellowship with God, communion. God walked with them. God talked with them. But something, at some situation, I don't know. Wait, but we know the story. But how many know at that time when Eve and, you know, the serpent was having a dialogue, how many know there wasn't no communication with God at that moment? And here it is. She's deceived. She gives her a husband. You know, he listens, you know, to his wife. And here they are broken connection with the things of God. See, how many know if you're not sharing your intimate time with God, you'll be sharing it with something else. You'll be in fellowship with something else, church. And maybe it doesn't look like a serpent tonight, but it doesn't matter. Anything uh, that's taken away communion and time spent, intimacy, time spent with God, how many know it's a problem? I mean, no, likewise, church, our connection is broken when we're out in communion with God, church. I mean, though, at the, I mean, again, at this point, uh, you know, something was going on. How I many know uh, when we neglect, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, prayer and communion prayer, how I many know we become uh, susceptible to, tempt to, to uh, temptation? Mark 14, 37 to 38, it said, Then he came and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Uh, could you not watch for an hour? Watch and pray uh, lest you enter temptation. See that? When there's no communion and lack of relationship uh, in your prayer life, uh, listen, watch out. Temptation is really going to come. I mean, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. See, what could have happened if Peter and the disciples were found watching and praying? Perhaps uh, he could have drawn closer in dependence on, on God uh, and uh, could have kept himself uh, for, from denying Jesus in that critical hour when it came. See, it is in the uh, mystery, though, that Jesus found victory at the cross. Could it have something to do with him succeeding in prayer, in communion with God, God in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. We know as he's praying, he says, not my will, Lord, uh, you know, uh, uh, let this cup be taken from me, but not my will, nevertheless, your will, not mine. I believe this prayer and communion with God uh, gave God the strength, amen, when he finally went to that cross. When he's able to endure church. See, how many of like Peter, we sometimes fall into temptation because we Fail to watch and pray in communion with God. See, the spiritual battle is often won or lost before the crisis comes, church. And how many being in communion, no being in communion prayer with God strengthens us in our times of crisis? Can you say amen? You know, many times neglecting communion prayer with God results, uh, results in self-reliance. Come on, somebody. We know the story in 2 Samuel. We're not going to read it all. David begins to, to number, amen, the people. How I many know uh, because of a lack of communion at that moment uh, in prayer uh, and getting a hold of God after God told him not to, uh, here it is. We see self-reliance kicking in. Uh, that's what happens, church, uh, where we're not contending and being strengthened in communion and uh, constant uh, communication with God, uh, we become self-reliant. In other words, we figure it out. 
No need to pray. I just, I, you know, I just talk to myself. I, I, know, what, I know what it takes. <laughs> and you wonder why we in trouble all the time. See, the lack of relationship in prayer results into us becoming self-reliant. Lastly, I'm going to look at fellowship with God. Because how many know that's what it's about, church? Fellowship with our Lord and Savior. Being in fellowship with God. See, again, to be in communion means to be in fellowship with God. Our prayer life uh, is fellowship with our Lord. How many know what God is after is communion and fellowship with his people? See, too often, church, we think of a fellowship uh, as being something Christians just do among themselves. And rightfully so, uh, Acts 2.42 says, And they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread. But watch what happens at the end. And in prayers. There it is at the very end. It slid in there. Fellowship wasn't just uh, eating each other's food and talking, uh, but it says, and in prayers. See, that word slid in at the end, prayer. See, the word fellowship, church, is derived from the Greek word uh, kononia, which defines uh, defined as having something in common. It's a fellowship or an occasion. See, fellowship is more than a, a carrying some cookies. Can you say Amen. It's not something that, that we do among ourselves only, but it's something that we do also with God. That's prayer, church. How many know David was a man who spent a lot of time with God? Psalm 55, uh, 16 through 17 says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me evening and morning. And at noon, I will pray. That is the fellowship that I'm talking about. The communion, the constant talking uh, to God. How many know uh, if you're talking to the one who knows it all more than anybody else, you're going to be in pretty good shape. If I'm hearing from the one who knows it all, amen, who sees all, who has all, we, we, we're in pretty good shape. That's, how many know that's who I want to be in communion with? That's who I want to be uh, in relationship with. How I many know there's some wonderful benefit, benefits to communion prayer, church, to being locked in with God? I want to name a few as we close. How I many know when your mind is set on the things from above, you develop a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? When you're in communion with God, when you're in a deep relationship with God, when there's a day-to-day -day talk, when this is a lifestyle, listen, you become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's the difference from people that are hard-headed and don't listen. You always see the result of their life. Something ain't, they, they, they ain't been in communion that much. Because see, when you're in locked into God, you become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You don't just say, uh, oh, no, that was something else. No, that was the Holy Ghost. You know how we do? We, we, we begin to lie to ourselves, and you know, now that's God speaking. Like I said last uh, 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 Sunday night, when I first started this series of biblical prayer, the word uh, no is, 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 is in vocabulary. God did answer you. He told you no. You didn't accept it. How I many know when you adhere and be sensitive to the Spirit, Holy Spirit, the result, this results many times in a quicker repentance. Can you say amen? How I many know communion prayer helps maintain a spiritual focus? How I many know it's easy to get, again, busy uh, doing, uh, uh, you know, important things, etc., and still neglect communion time with God in prayer? 
Notice what Jesus did after feeding the 5,000 in Matthew 14, 23, uh, uh, 22. It said that immediately, not later, not down the road, but immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And he sent the, the multitudes away. And when he had uh, sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. Jesus is the prime example of someone that got a hold of God. We're talking about God incarnated, prayed. Church, we got to pray. We got to be more in prayer than ever, especially in these last days. See, the feeding of the 5,000, all that was going on didn't cause Jesus to lose his spiritual focus, uh, that he didn't become too busy uh, with ministry, with working, uh, feeding all to us. God, I need to talk with you. That's why you even hear us preachers, a lot of times we're reading our Bible, uh, you know, to get scripture, you know, uh, trying to get the mind of God for a sermon, etc. But then there's that type of reading where I'm reading not to get a sermon. I'm reading because I need to be fed or lest I die. Because it's so hard as a preacher, you're like, ooh, man, you know, that's a thought. Ooh, you know, God's like, put the pen down. Yeah. Put this pen in your head. That's when you put the pen in. Don't write nothing down. This ain't no thought. You're like, Lord, it's a thought. No. It's a thought for your head because I'm trying to deal with you. Not so you can just preach to somebody else. Come on, preachers. So we have to balance that between, you know, reading for ourselves and reading for a sermon. Again, this is what I'm talking about. We can be so busy doing the will of God, doing things we need to do, and miss communion. Relationship. See, being in constant communion and fellowship with God helps maintain a healthy heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Church, let me give you some breaking news in 2023. Your heart got issues, and mine. The scripture said it if you didn't believe it. Listen, you're in communion, you're, like, you're less likely to develop heart problems. See, prayer keeps us from discouragement. Luke 18, 1, then he spoke a parable to them. The men always ought to pray and not lose his heart, not lose heart. I close with this quote from E.M. Bounds. Man, writing a lot of good things. And, and he puts in his book that he said, praying costs time. Praying costs time. He says, spiritual work is taxing work. Praying requires attention and time, which flesh and blood do not enjoy. Few people devote their time to prayer when earthly duty calls. I know we sometimes become lax in our praying and do not realize the peril until the damage has been done. He said hasty devotions make weak faith and feeble convictions and questionable pity. He said uh, to be little with God is to be little for God. To cut the praying short uh, makes the whole Christian character shot miserable and carelessness. See, church, uh, we want to be spiritually healthy, don't we, church? You want to be encouraged. Uh, you want to have the victory uh, even when uh, hell is coming against you. Uh, listen, uh, commune with God and pray. This is what it means, church, to return back to biblical prayer. It ain't just needed. It ain't just asking. It's just God, 
fellowship time with you. This is your time. I just want to talk. Now, God, I want you to speak. Can you say amen? amen. Communion prayer. Can you have every head bow, every eye closed in respect to your neighbor?